Welcome to The Vagicians. And we're here for you, the typical female, answering your not-so-typical questions women have about their health and well-being. Our panel of in-the-trench OBGYN experts includes Dr. Roslyn Mallory, Dr. Jacob Martin, and Dr. Sam Wolfe, who don't shy away from the challenges of female health today. We'll discuss everything from babies to menopause, periods and breasts, and everything in between. The Vagicians podcast is brought to you by Wolf Variety Entertainment and made possible by All About Women OBGYN, the Healthy Start Program, Emerald Coast Obstetrics and Gynecology, and the Panama City Surgery Center. Let's jump right in and jam with our team of Vagicians, Dr. Mallory, Dr. Martin, and Dr. Wolf. Here's our host, Rayanne Kruger. And we're back. Hey, guess what, guys? The sex episodes were so popular that we've decided to add a part three. So we're back with the Vagicians. We're going to do sex episode part three now. Hey, welcome, Dr. Mallory, Dr. Martin, and Dr. Wolf. Hello. Hey, hey let's do it. We're so excited. And not in, Outside a, of not in an erogenous way, but... <laughs> I'm pretty excited. In an but educational, not in, yeah. sexual way. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Not that either. Okay, whatever. Right, you know what stop. I mean. Just you know stop. what I mean. Just stop. <laughs> just stop. Dr. Mallory says just stop. Okay, guys, we're going to start off with this question. When do women reach their sexual peak? You know what? I'm real you, tired she, she of said, this whole group when it comes to when do You don't want someone explaining you over here. Did they all flip their heads and look right at you and yes. ask? Okay. So the standard thing I've read over the years, my whole life, being a woman for 58 years now, is that at 35 is when you peak and then it starts going downhill. I would argue with that, given my personal experience. But uh, I, I think it's yeah. like in their 40s. Well, I think it really depends it's on the... It's completely variable. Very variable. It's completely variable. Because I've seen them in their 40s where they want nothing to do with it. <laughs> and I've seen them in 60. But hot I, and heavy and are coming in saying, look, I need some cream or something because we still going. And I think I think a lot of this, how it changes is your partner who you're having sex right. with, right? If you've had sex with the same person for 20 years or 15 years and they're actively trying to further seek out how to better the, you know, the, the experience, the experience right? then you're going to be able to have fantastic sex with that person, you know, in your 40s, 50s, 60s. If you're both all in because you know what pleases them, you know what it takes to get them to get to you know, climax and there's no, and, and there's no it, limit to the age of where, where it's going to be your peak, right? Because some people say, man, if somebody's into this, 15 years of my marriage is so much better than our first year, right? <laughs> well, the, the other thing is you got to look at life factors, look where they are in their child. Not, not everybody has babies in their 20s. Some people are having babies in their 30s. And, you know, you, I can tell you that's a serious killer for your libido is to have, you know, three toddlers running around busting in the door. And, you know, every time you start to make out. Yeah. Or you get that area of the day, both people are exhausted. You have that yes. one hour of just you hanging out. And you're like, hey, you want to like, no, I'm exhausted. <laughs> oh, <right>. sorry. <laughs> God, I remember I was even, I've written a couple of songs. I was, I started a song oh, called Closet Jesus. Time. Closet <laughs> 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 Time. No, no. little romantic Sam, I don't want to hear about you coming closet. out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> No. All right. We're talking about making right. out in the closet because no, you care. couldn't, there's the only place you could go to get away from the child. Making out in the closet? Don't be crushing we, we may do that song later on. Uh, closet time. It's, it's not, gosh, this is a Friends episode. So l- let's talk about, though, older women. I know that people get caught in nursing homes all the time, sneaking off into each other's rooms. I mean, that's a thing. 
So actually the one number one populations for STIs or STDs. Wow. Little Village, that is a cesspool of STIs. Hey, not Little Village. Not Little Village. What's that little? The Village. The Village. My mother will go crazy. Not the Little Village. Little Village is fine, but the Village? Wow. Okay. All right. Let's shift gears now and talk about erogenous zones. I read some article that said there were 31 different erogenous zones. Is that true? How can that be? Well, we got 8th Street. And we got, we have St. Andrew. <laughs> that just depends on a person. I mean, anything what, what, can be. This is another Friends episode. Right. How many erogenous zones were there? And, Monica, I, I eight erogenous like zones or something. I don't remember. So, I mean, I think it just depends on the person and what they find stimulating. Okay. Or what turns them on. I mean, it can we, vary. Yeah, because we can't sit here and say, you It's going to always be areas that are sort of directly innervated to your nervous system. Yeah, but you know, the neck. <laughs> Every area of your body is directly interfering with your nervous system. More, more, more close to the core, if you know what I mean. Okay. Maybe the closer to the genitalia. I don't know. Yeah. Well, your neck is nowhere near your genitalia. Well, you're right. <laughs> so, standard. There's the standard, obviously, the genitalia, the standard erogenous zones. I, I read something about the wrists, the back of the knee. The, I mean, are these just? There's just individual, right? individual mm-hmm. likes, dislikes? 100%. I mean, it goes the same, you know, some people are ticklish, some people are. I think different people probably have different increased sensitivity in different areas and others don't, you know, and then some people are into toes and is a toe an erogenous zone? To somebody it is. Maybe, you know what I mean? maybe so. so. And it also depends on who the who the person is that's stimulating that erogenous zone. If exactly. you have some okay. clown coming up to you and, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm terrified of clowns, by the way, <laughs> and this starts rubbing the back of my knee, I'm not going to feel horny. I'm going to feel terrified. Some random comes up you and starts rubbing it back in your face. <laughs> you got bigger problems. You say erogenous zone, I say fetish, right? So it's it's just going to be whatever. And I will go back to what I said in our first sex episode, which is do not yuck somebody's yum, which my daughter taught me, which I think is a, a great thing. And I have to say it to myself constantly. That might be yucky to you, but it's yummy to somebody else. So let's talk about the G-spot. Yeah, like g Stands for Gryffindor, right? Because a lot of magic happens there. Gryffindor. That, that's only with Hermione's. Uh, the magic wand has to find the, the Gryffindor. <laughs> no, spot. it actually stands for the the Grafenberg spot. Oh, the Grafenberg this spot. Is a, okay. This is an area that's been classically described as about one to three inches up the anterior vaginal wall, just between the the vaginal opening and the urethra. And it was coined by Doctor Adiagio in, in a book back in the 80s, and he, he, he called us. He was making out like this was an anatomical, a true anatomical place where you could actually oh. see this. And it, they actually did a study and, and with 110 biopsies of 21 women. And by the way, this was way back in the 80s, I think. I don't think you could get away with this from any, uh-uh. IR, any IRB in the world, but they did biopsies. They were looking for this. They were saying, okay. And they really couldn't show, they could not show an area within that sector of increased innervation. So when you talk about, is this an organ? Is it an actual place on your body, like your elbow? It really kind of isn't like that. It's more like, it's probably more of a, a network of nerves that work together, similarly to the way it, nerves do in the brain, where you'll have areas of the brain that are, you know, for certain things like memory and things like that. But those work very integrally with other areas of the brain. It's that network that's the actual, you know, giving that sort of pleasurable sensation that arises from the G-spot. Okay. So everybody has one maybe or no, or it just depends. You got to maybe practice and find it. 
by theory, since it's not something that's anatomically, like you can't see it on a cadaver in medical school, you can't really say everyone's got one. Here's what it really should be called. It should be called the PMS, which that's already been taken. So we can't use that abbreviation, but it should be called PMS because it's the point of maximum sensation. Oh. And it's the, or maybe just the point of orgasmic sensation. I don't know. I'm trying to come up with other ways. You can't use POS because that would be bad too. So yeah, yeah. It's like all of these acronyms were taken. So I think that Dr. Adagio said, I'm just going to call it the Grafenberg spot and confuse everybody. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if you cross the streams, like let's attack the the, oh the nipples. Let's attack the nipples the same time as we attack the clitoris, and then we're gonna find the G spot. <laughs> we have to cross streams. So okay, let's talk about masturbation. Is it safe? Not in the car while it's moving, <laughs> or with the perfume bottle, as we found on. <laughs> no, because that could distract the driver. Okay. Okay. It's not safe. <laughs> Don't do it in a moving car. Do but it. from a health standpoint, yes, of course, it's not going to hurt yourself with masturbation. Yeah. You're not going to go blind. You won't get hair well, I was just going to say, didn't, weren't men told you will go blind if you masturbate? Yes. Oh, no, I, that's I so think horrible. that, you know, especially when you're talking about with kids, when, you know, these sex hormones are just starting to be produced on a physiologic level to change, you know, from where they start <clears> having sexual feelings. And I think in today's day and age, most parents kind of know that's a normal thing and that's going to happen. My favorite is, and I wasn't really a Roseanne Barf show fan, but there was one episode that just stands out in my head. It was so funny. And was the kid was kind of, the younger kid on the show was mm -hmm. overdoing it a little bit, <laughs> masturbation, really making the mom nervous. So the dad has this talk with him, which is John Goodman, who's hilarious, and says, look, you know, this is okay. This is normal, but it's a private thing. You got to be private. You don't tell someone when you're going to do it. You don't tell someone while you're doing it. It's a private you thing. And literally the next day, Roseanne, the mom, is bringing him home from school and he's running up the stairs. <laughs> Roseanne's like, where are you going? He said, dad, to dad told me not to tell you. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, it's safe short, sex, it's, right? It's yeah. safe sex. So sex it is. is sex with self. You're not going to get pregnant. Are there any dangers associated with oral sex? Yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. Because you can see laryngeal, pharyngeal STDs, you know, or infections in the throat. You can pass HSV, you know, I think with, with anything, it's this mucosal surface. It's just herpes. Skin, it's so don't, don't get the HVs. There's HPV and there's HSV. Or yeah. HSV, we will say that sometimes. That's herpes. And we definitely know herpes yeah. one and herpes two. There's two main viral types. They can go crisscross. We used to think classically one mm -hmm. was up top, two was down mm -hmm. below. But now with you know, know. oral sex, essentially way more popular now, they pretty much all mix match now. And, and we're now... If you talk to our ENT colleagues, they'll tell you the HPV problem with HPV in the respiratory tract and along the esophagus, this is a real problem with, with in the men population. HPV has typically been a disease that has primarily affected women, but now there's a real problem with this now because there's no pap smear. There's no pap smear for the esophagus. There's no pap smear for the uh, respiratory tract. Pap smears in and of itself has been the most successful screening tool ever implemented in the history of medicine. Ever. <laughs> So how do we prevent this? Do we just warn against the dangers of wanton oral sex? Well, or? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything you can do as far as HPV necessarily for prevention. But I would say for HSV, especially if he has a beard, you might want to look into it and look at the skin level to make sure there's no lumps, bumps, or uh, ulcers there. Okay. Because he could have a HSV outbreak and didn't know it because the beard is covering it or right. you don't know it because the beard is covering it. Or um, germs in the beard. 
too. I mean, they're right. just being. Oh. So I would say you could use condoms for oral sex. Hmm. Um, that's one way to prevent some STIs. But once again, it might not necessarily prevent anything as far as HPV is concerned. And might prevent climax, but <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm trying to think of how as a if you were receiving orals, if you're the on the receiving end as a female, uh, condoms not going to help you. Yeah. Well, they have dental dams. Yeah, they but, do. Yeah, and uh, I, I think you got to use your basic. You know, if there's a blister, and if you have if you have a cold sore, or sense. they have a gentle. You know, yeah. these are things you just want to avoid oral sex okay. in that scenario. If you look at the population that's getting the pharyngeal cancer and the, like I'm talking the HPV-related respiratory tract and pharyngeal cancer, these are older men that were not vaccinated with the HPV vaccine, Gardasil. Males have not been vaccinated except for in the last, say, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Is it 10, 12 years? Something like that time's flying by me. But I think that you'll see a significant decrease because the vaccine typically covers the two worst variants of this, which are type 16 and 18. These cause 70% of all the cervical cancer cases that are out there. And there's a high suspicion that these are the culprits for the pharyngeal cancers as well. I want to ask about COVID and oral sex. Is it transferable? I don't even know the answer the to that. Co- I would think it is because yeah, it's respiratory droplets. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Plus, if a person is getting oral sex, when they climax, they typically make pleasurable oral sounds, which can spill the respiratory guttural droplets. Guttural sounds, yeah, which is going to, yeah. And if you're not, it's not like you're just having all this stuff's going to go on. So clearly. And it's not like you can wear a mask. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Let's talk about anal sex. This makes a lot of people uncomfortable to even talk about it. But are there dangers associated with anal sex? Then you guys are all looking at me. (laughs) I mean, classically, you know, I'll, I'll have patients ask me this. They'll say, I just get more pleasure with anal rather than vaginal. Is it, is this okay? And I just say, look, you can certainly do it. You're not going to hurt anything from an anatomical standpoint. You just have to use common sense and know that, hey, the anus is the end of your GI tract. This is where feces comes out. Feces is not bacteria-free. In fact, it's full of bacteria. So you just kind of have to be smart from an antiseptic level when you're doing that. I think that's more of the harms than anything else. But in in general, I'll have patients that are so worried about having anal prolapse oh, okay. and that it's going to make their anus too stretched out that they can't, that they have fecal incontinence and things like that. And that's Really not the case, unless there's just some crazy things so going on. higher risk of UTI, possibly, then, if you're not clean? If you're not... Yeah. Okay. And that's why you want to take precautions on that. And when you intermix <laughs> vaginal and anal, you you do run that risk. Okay. So if we take... <laughs> we're going to cross the streams of masturbating, but with a partner. So we'll talk about fingering. Are there any dangers with... Please make sure their hands are clean. Yeah, those are... Our hands and our fingers are probably the most contaminated mm-hmm. part of our entire body. That and, our, and maybe our mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. But, but they're, you're, they're, you're touching stuff all day long. Yeah. All I mean, day your, long. Your fingers are, actually, your fingers are designed. There's oil on your fingers. And the whole reason you have a fingerprint, your fingers are designed to be able to grip and things stick to your fingers on a microscopic level that you wouldn't even believe. This is why hand washing is so important. But, you know, it's... From a stand, just like what I mentioned before, from a standpoint of you know f- causing physical harm and things like that, probably not. It's more of a uh, germs a, a height issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if your, your partner down. has warts or hangnails or you know, yes, probably shouldn't have mechanic hands. Yeah, that's not a good. That's not a good. That's not. That's not a good image at all. Thanks, Doctor Wolf. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, we've covered a lot in this episode. I've got a, a couple of rumor hit lists here to address 
sex will actually take a headache away. Is that a rumor or I, will it? I think that's a total rumor because your headache is not just a headache. Headache is, you know, the, when you look at the differential diagnosis for a headache, it's quite long and it's going to depend on what kind of headache you're talking about here. Hey, if it's a tension headache, yeah, probably. I, right. I absolutely think that it would, but you know, you don't want to just assume that that's what it is. Not likely. Yeah. Not yeah. likely. Or, okay. or you, but easy menstrual cramps. Actually, you know, whenever you climax, you're releasing that same mm-hmm. oxytocin, which then is going to cause your uterus to actually contract. So it so, might ease menstrual cramps then. Cramps then, right? No, it, it would make your uterus oh, contract. Oh, it would make, make them worse. Cramps. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. It might All get right. your mind off of the menstrual cramps, right. but uh, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, you at climax, you're releasing endorphins too, so yeah, it might help. So, is it a rumor that women can have multiple orgasms? No, no, no. not a rumor. They can. Don't women don't I, have a refractory so, period yeah. like men do. I'm yeah. surprised that's even a rumor because I think yeah. most people know. But they've looked at this, the Masters and Johnson studies that were initially done with sex and orgasms, very interesting studies where they looked at the timing of uh, men's orgasms versus women's orgasms. And the charts are kind of interesting. You'd think it would be more the same, but it's not. It's the men climax, you know, it t- the refractory period is much longer mm-hmm. than what it is on average, but when women can have. And it's super linear. Like men's yeah. like a very linear path. Yeah. Women's is more, it's like tangential. It can happen multiple times back to back. All right. Not a rumor. Okay, that's that's okay. Fact checkers. All right. Well, that's why we're here to fact check sex. All right, guys. Well, it's been great. Thanks to our sponsors. And uh, like I said, without them, we can't do the show. And if you're interested in in sponsoring this podcast, we can keep it going. We want to hear from you. Yeah. And also we want, we want more questions. We want anonymous questions. We're not going to, no names. Yeah. We will not mention any names. It's all anonymous. You can either message us on our multiple social media channels or info at thevagicians.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll be back next time for episode 11. Take care. See ya. Bye now. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Vagicians, where we answer the questions you may be afraid to ask. A little legalese for you. The physician hosts of this podcast are actively practicing doctors in the field of obstetrics and gynecology. They are all three licensed to practice medicine in their respective state and are either board certified or board eligible within their specialty. This podcast is for entertainment and education only. Any content from this program should not be considered official medical advice, and listening to this podcast should not, by any means, be considered a legal patient-physician relationship. If you have a medical issue worthy of discussion on this program, you should seek immediate medical attention with the physician of your choice. The Vagicians is made possible by our generous sponsors, All About Women OBGYN, with a mission to promote, protect, and restore health in women's reproductive systems and a legacy that spans greater than 50 years, you can trust all your women's healthcare needs to All About Women OBGYN. Healthy Start Coalition of Bay, Franklin, and Gulf Counties. Healthy Start's mission is to promote healthy pregnancies, babies, and families by providing services and facilitating access to resources through community partnerships while advancing racial equity and cultural responsiveness. Emerald Coast Obstetrics and Gynecology. Offering a dedicated medical care team, Emerald Coast specializes exclusively in women's health services in Panama City, Florida, and Panama City Surgery Center. Located in Panama City, Florida, 
The Surgery Center offers top medical specialties and services in one convenient location with minimally invasive outpatient procedures to get you back to normal life quickly. The Vagicians Podcast is produced by host Rayanne Thorne Kruger. Our editor is Igor Kuzmanovsky, with Ike Isabella as our announcer. And finally, a special thanks to our spouses, partners, and families for their support, ideas, and feedback. Thank you.